Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host back to visit with us, the speaker. How are you, speaker? I'm good. Good morning, everyone. How is everybody? It's been a while. Glad to have you back. It has. It always kind of like feels like the first time when you come back. But it's good to catch up with you as much as possible. Hope all the listeners out there that are still listening are enjoying the two you girls rocking it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to be back for a minute. <laughs> yeah, glad to have you back. And Corey's out this week. She's got a lot of personal things that she has to take care of uh, this week, but she'll be back next week. So she wanted to say hi to everybody and just let you know she's fine and she will be back next week. So uh, appreciate you being here, speaker, to help me out this week. Um, we have a lot to get into. I'm going to upfront talk about a couple of announcements on publications that are on Corey's uh, digs this week. And then also we're going to really dig into the Nashville shooting, the Trans Day of Vengeance, uh, the whole aspect of this militarization and radicalization of the trans movement, uh, plus legislation that is designed to protect kids from grooming and mutilation and this serious mental health crisis that we have in America that is just getting swept under the rug. So many different aspects to this one issue that we really need to talk about. Yeah, because it it really seems like all over the world, especially in Australia, like like, like I said to you before we started, I just brought up a news page and there was like four articles, all very similar, um, talking about this uh, transgender agenda, which are out at the moment, that has really skyrocketed in what I've noticed in the last couple of months. It's got crazy. And with that, a lot of pushback, more pushback than I've seen in a long, long time from people that I wouldn't expect you know, like people like the Young Turks and stuff like that saying things um, because this uh, trans rights are going too far and they're going too far to the point where they're pushing women out of things. So this feminist movement has been ostracized. Uh, and usurped, really. Usurped. usurped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get into all of that. First up front, I'd like to kind of point out some um, publications on Corey's site. The first one being a uh, publication about the vitamin and dietary supplement industry. So Corey and uh, some people who have helped her um, compile this um, has done a dig into uh, major acquisitions that have been taking place place by big corporations, some of which are linked to China in the dietary supplement industry, as well as how this industry is changing um, with the introduction of kind of this next generation of supplements. And when you see someone who is like a genetics expert, like George Church, who's all into gene editing and biotech, getting involved in the supplement business, um, it raises red flags. So she has provided some of this information as well as some links 
Um, one being a list, a, a link that you can go to to kind of find out more details about your specific vitamins or supplements and um, the breakdown of those supplements. And then a list, a comprehensive list of some of the most popular vitamins and supplements. And if they've been acquired by some kind of sketchy company or if they're associated with someone uh, that raises a red flag. So you can kind of look through this list and see if any of your supplements are on there. But it's something that people need to be aware of that there are some major changes that are happening in the dietary supplement industry. And you really kind of need to stay on top of that. If it's something that, you know, you take daily, you may want to know specifically who's behind my vitamins. So it's a good resource. And then Corey also published a, um, an interview on the solution series. This is with uh, Richard Murfert, and Richard is a self-defense and situational awareness expert. So a lot of really great information provided on this um, interview conducted on the solution series, and she's uh, published um, a link with the um, kind of the uh, like an ad for or a short, short segment of that interview. And then the solution series is part of a subscription. So check that out. Uh, but moving into what we wanted to discuss today and the bulk of this conversation, um, it really got prompted by the Nashville shooting. And I thought I would give a few details and then we'll have a, a deeper discussion on what it all means. But uh, unless you've been living under a rock this week, uh, you are obviously aware about the Nashville shooting. Audrey Hale murdered six people on Monday, three of those being children and three adults. This was at Covenant Christian School where she once attended. So prayers going out to the friends and family of the victims that lost their lives, the innocent people who lost their lives for no reason on Monday due to this heinous act. Um, but before we get into sort of the motive behind it, I also wanted to uh, point out and commend uh, the Nashville police who acted heroically and with a true sense of urgency to take this suspect down, which was a really stark difference from the behavior that we saw in, say, Uvalde, Texas during that shooting, right? Which was completely passive. It was They completely let that shooter do whatever they want. And then when they felt it like it was safe, moved in, instead of proactively moving like these officers moved here, which police officers should do. Right, right. Yeah. They acted heroically. They stepped in when they were needed and did what had to be done. These are the police officers that took down Audrey Hale, Officer Michael Colazzo and Officer Rex Engelbert, um, both who apparently they were, uh, Audrey Hale was shooting at officers when they arrived and they, you know, ran into ran into the line of fire um, to try to save as many people as possible. Unfortunately, still um, there was loss of life, but these two officers did everything they humanly possible 
um, to protect others. And so uh, just commend them for that and doing that. But uh, moving on um, to the motive and uh, why what would drive this particular uh, unhinged person to do such a thing, uh, we know Audrey Hale sent several messages to a friend uh, these messages saying things like, I'm planning to die today. This is not a joke. Um, she went on to say, you'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. Um, her friend was saying, you know, you, you know, don't do this basically, or you have so much more of life to live. Um, and she just said, I need to die. Um, and I wanted to tell you first, she went on to say, um, one day this will all make more sense. I've left more than enough evidence behind, uh, but something bad is about to happen. Um, so speaking of more evidence that she left behind, we know that Hale left behind a manifesto, which has yet to be released. Apparently the FBI wants to review it first and likely scrub it. Um, you know, some LGBTQ groups um, are arguing that the manifesto should not be released, saying different reasons such as, you know, retaliation could come from it or even glorification could come from it and more violent acts. What do you think? I think how far that movement's gone, it, it, it doesn't matter if the manifesto is released or not. It's It's got to a point that's too far now. And you're, you're seeing it ramp up by the day. And like, you, you want to get the root of these problems because, like, when you see something like this happen, you know, you, you see the activists on that side of ideology uh, defending this person uh, for reasons. Uh, but it also works on the other side, uh, the incel side. When you see, say, a, a straight white teenager that shot up a school as well, and it's it's to go down to the root of this problem, which is mental illness. Absolutely, and we definitely need to have a long conversation about the mental health issue. And I absolutely think that the manifesto should be released. I think. I, I, I agree. I think they all should be released. Every yeah. manifesto. Truth and transparency is always the best way to go. Um, I think that whenever you withhold this information, it leads to speculation, which is always worse than if we just know the truth. All right. And you like it, just as you said, you can't get to the bottom of the issues without actually knowing the truth. But now I can't trust whatever manifesto was released if it's also being under review by the well, FBI. That's it. And and that's also why sites such as HN, uh, Kiwi Farms, which I think is also gone now. But sites like this is so important because those things would have been posted straight away. They would have been transparent. People mm -hmm. would read them. And I'm, I'm sure it's leaked out there somewhere, but of course not as easily available as it was before. And a, a good... A good example of, uh, say, a benefit of a manifesto is uh, Columbine, for example. Uh, their writings of those those two teenagers, their diaries, tell you exactly why they did what they did. It, it's not a secret. It's not, you know, you don't need to work it out. You can just read their writing and you can tell why they felt that way and why they did it. Now, that's how you tackle problems 
Why right. are they feeling this way? Why are they doing this? Okay, we've read why they've done it. Now, how do we tackle the backside of it? And of course, we know why they're slow walking the release of this manifesto. It's because yeah. it's going to validate everything that we do assume, which is that this is motivated by trans activism. It was motivated by an anti-Christianity perspective, as a resentment towards uh, Christianity and a real radicalization of this trans movement, um, I, I would suspect is the most likely scenario to, you know, f- from this manifesto. Otherwise, they would have released it, right? But we don't necessarily need the manifesto because uh, we can make our own conclusions and we can understand the motives behind the shooting. Audrey Hale was under a doctor's care for an emotional disorder. She had depression in the past and she was undergoing a gender transition. Apparently, she was also at odds with her family over who a Christian family, uh, Christian parents over her transition. So I think that we know enough basically to get an idea of what the motive is, don't you? I, I think that like the number one thing here is she or he, whatever, okay. That's not important. But what is important, I think most of all. They were at odds with themselves. And that's what a lot of these shooters are. They're at odds with themselves because they've been so confused either by ideology, either by the colleges, the schools, forced into these things, coerced, um, manipulated into believing that they're something that they're not. Um, Of course, some people are, and, and you can see the ones that are emotionally together, know what they are. Like I said, I'm, I'm, Anyone that knows my story knows I'm an old school raver. I've seen everything. I've partied with everyone. I've been friends with gay people, trans people, but they never made that their identity. And this is the problem here. They're making this their number one identity and they're killing for it. now. Yeah, and we can't really investigate motive in a bubble. We have to look outside of this particular instance and in the greater scope of things and acknowledge the growing radicalization and militarization of the trans community don't we don't we need to do that a hundred percent and there is a massive pushback like i said before of late you've got a lot of powerful females now also speaking out against this movement because whether it's now they're just realizing that there is an actual threat to being a female now. That's not just me. It's men, it's biological men taking their position, whether it's in sports, whether it's in writing about female rights. It, it's strange. I mean, you get, you, you, you're getting trans women, I'm doing that in quotations, um, getting, you know, women of the year. Like, and, and, that has awoken a lot of stuff. I mean, J.K. Rowling, a great example, huge proponent and speaker now. I don't agree with everything she says, but she's a huge speaker now for female rights. Yeah, I think that there's definitely being lines drawn here and more radicalization. Um, it, here's an example. Uh, one post Uh, an individual that appears to be trans saying their name was Audrey Hale. They're a martyr against transphobia from hateful Christian bigots. 
like you genociding us. We will defend ourselves from you. Where is your God now? Pray for mercy because we won't show any. I mean, this is, you know, beyond reprehensible to see this kind of thing. But um, I think that part of it is that they've been indoctrinated to believe that they are the targets of hate crimes and genocide. Therefore, they can justify heinous acts like what Audrey committed. And then here we have another individual. I think this person goes by the name of Kayla. Uh, Kayla. And Kayla is a member of Antifa, as Andy knows. Yeah, Kayla Dinker. Um just another example of radicalization um, in the trans community. Um, this person is a member of Antifa, according to Andy No, and also has a military background, is ex-military. Um, so, yeah, just the mentally unstable members of the trans community are being radicalized and aligned with Antifa. Yeah, like, it's just so weird the timeline that we're in where you were looking at this sort of stuff you know like it's just like wow yeah it's, what's happened here because anyone that actually has gender dysphoria and that has not been filled filled with antifa communist socialist uh, indoctrination wouldn't even take part in this shit they'll stay away from it so far as possible because they know the backlash that will happen, and it's not going to look fondly on them. Um, the, 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 there was another Twitter account that I see, like another example of backlash against this, was someone that Rowling followed, because I do follow her, I do say her tweets. Um, there was a Twitter account called LGB, uh, LGB without the T, and this was, that was a whole group of gay and lesbians that are coming together against trans now. It's not just mm -hmm. um, the heterosexual community because they know what this is going to do, that whole movement. The progress that they've made from the gay rights activists from the 80s, the 90s, 60s, 70s as well has all been turned back now mm -hmm. to this militaristic style, indoctrinated mental illness that is, is it's not going to turn out well. No. Um, I wanted to play a real quick clip here. I'll, I'll play about 52 seconds of it, but just to kind of give another example of this radicalization. So hold on. Trans people in Tennessee, it's time to fucking fight. Trans allies in Tennessee, it's time to fucking fight. Trans women, if they lock you up for identifying as a woman, fight, resist. You're going to die anyways. We're going to die anyways. It's time to fucking resist. Fight them. Hurt them. If they put their hands on you, beat them. We are at an attack. It's time to fight back. Do you hear me? Trans people in Tennessee, trans men, trans women, non-binary, fight. If they try to arrest you or have you arrested on a felony for existing, beat them. Team up. Gang together, get people who agree with you to come and fight. Carry a weapon at all times. And yes, you have to attack the police officer.
Yeah, so that, that that's really going to turn out only for you, isn't it? For your one percent of the population, right? Yeah, but they're being promoted and validated and That's the thing.
But every time a shooting happens, the radical left, they all call for gun control, um, while mental health problems go largely ignored and are even validated, celebrated, affirmed uh, in the case of transgender uh, people. Let's look at the last four trans or non-binary shooters in the last few years. So we have, of course, Audrey Hale from Nash, the Nashville shooter just this week. Uh, she had a history of depression, was under a doctor's care for emotional disturbance, and was undergoing gender transition. Then we had Lee Aldrich. This was the Colorado Springs shooter in 2022, identified as non-binary, though some people questioned that, but he was on medications for schizophrenia bipolar disorder, and anxiety. And then we had Maya Elizabeth McKinney, who I believe went by another name uh, with the last name McKinney, but by a male name, uh, was one of the Denver shooters in 2019. This person was transgender, had a history of child abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, and was in and out of hospitals six times within seven, a seven-month period in 2018. And then uh, Snokia Mosley was the Aberdeen, Maryland shooter in 2018. This person had a uh, who was transgender had a history of schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and depression, and was on hormone therapy for a year. So I think it's time that we... I mean, I'm seeing a pattern here. This is not about trans people. This is about mental health issues. And we do have a serious mental health crisis on our hands. And rather than dealing with it, society is just brushing it under the rug, um, affirming and celebrating it when it comes to transgender people. But just as a whole, not just transgender people, mental health issues are a major, major issue in this country. When we have one in four people, or 25% of the U.S., currently taking prescriptions for mental disorders. I mean, that is staggering. That is incredible. Now, I mean, I have... Not in a good way. Not in a good way. And I have um, serious concerns about the big pharma type of prescriptions that these people are on. I mean, because whenever you watch those big pharma commercials, you know, the the end of the commercial when they run through all the side effects really, really quickly where you can barely understand what they say. But how is it that you're taking depression medication? It may cause suicidal thoughts, right? I mean, the kinds of the kinds of side effects of some of these medications are extreme. And when you have one in four people in the country on the on medications various different mental health medications you're really upping the ante as far as the kinds of terrible side effects that these people could have whether it may be um something that they do to themselves or to others right you know you mix that prescription with indoctrination yep and vital engineering and there you go Right. And, and meanwhile, we're dosing up kids um, with, and young adults and uh, people of all ages um, with hormone therapies, puberty blockers. I mean, we're not even asking how this affects them mentally, 
and physically. And there is evidence, there's been studies done that, that hormone therapy can increase aggression. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? 100 percent it, it, it would have to have some sort of aggression effects it's it, it's like steroids and then steroids do the same thing right exactly and just common sense i mean i knew people in high school guys in high school who uh took steroids and i absolutely witnessed um roid rage so um i'm not going to pretend like i'm a doctor and i know the difference but i you have to uh, you know put two and two together it just absolutely makes sense, though, that dosing people up with hormones um, could affect them mentally. And there have been um, st tests and studies done, this one being, you know, as far back as 1997 um, on aggressive behavior with estrogen and testosterone um, medications. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this is something that uh, people don't want to acknowledge. Uh, they just want to as quickly and uh, as possible affirm um, an individual's, you know, gender identity and throw them on these, you know, medications without thinking about the side effects and what happens. But um, moving on, I mean, we have to kind of talk about how um, you know, what happens next, what's, what's to come of all of this. Um, so the, the radical left is knowingly exploiting mentally unstable people to create this sort of army of, you know, army for their agenda. And they want to intimidate uh, people on the right or conservatives or Christians um, who are standing up to protect kids from grooming and from mutilation and um, just some examples um, in, in Texas this week. Um, so first, first of all, in Nashville, uh, legislation was recently passed um, protecting children from transgender treatments. And um, similarly, in Texas this week, hundreds of people protested um, at the Texas Capitol against a bill to protect kids from uh, transgender treatments, uh, surgeries, and puberty blockers. And then um, in Kentucky, same thing this week, um, the uh, trans activists protested the passage of a bill to protect minors and um, yes. from puberty blockers and surgeries. What were you going to say? No, so that was so outlandish that I signed that says override evil and this dude sitting there wearing horns. Right. It's it's so backwards. It's, it's so weird. Um, but the Kentucky law, um, it's going to prohibit um, not just, uh, it's going to ban all gender affirming care for for children uh so prohibits puberty blockers and hormones and surgeries um minors will have to detransition um and it also protects kids bathrooms and schools so anyone identifying as something other than their biological sex they're, they're gonna have to use the bathroom of their biological sex um, so this, uh, you know, a lot of people protested for against this bill, but it's it's passed. So, and I would have to say that, you know, I commend 
these lawmakers, it's going to be difficult um, to stand up to the radical left. Um, the pressure is going to continue to come down on them. Um, but I feel very strongly that we can't cower and bend to their will out of fear. And we have to stand up on behalf of the kids and continue to pass legislation like this, uh, protecting them. And, and these people, are, they yell very loudly. That's why they've gained such traction, because they really have nothing else to do. You know, that's why you always just see them in rallies, in a, any sort of protest. That's what they are. You know, there's no day jobs there or anything. That's This is their life. This is their identity. You know, this is who they apparently are, which is just a sheep among the masses that's been created. Yeah, and I think that it's going to um, continue in this direction as we continue in various states to pass legislation such as this. Um, there's going to be the pushback um, by the radical left, but uh, it's my hope that legislators stand strong and don't bend to their will. Um Last week, we saw some good news out of the World Athletics Council. Um, they voted to ban transgender women from uh, playing, participating, transgender uh, people who identify as women um, from playing in women's sports if they have gone through male puberty. So I feel like that's a win. That's definitely a win. Um... Because that 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 was something that was just getting completely out of hand. Um, it's funny that you never see the reverse of that. You never see, you know, biological females competing with males. It's always the, the reverse. Women, right? right. Because there's a leg up there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it it it's it, it it's just getting out of hand to protect female sports protect the uh, the sacrifices and the skills of these young women that are coming up in schools and universities that are getting you know third fourth fifth place to men to biological men you know it's absurd it's absurd it is absurd and people like uh joe rogan are pointing it out um apparently he's made <sighs> headlines this week um about going off about uh transgenders competing in women's sports and since we have a little bit of time i uh, thought i would go ahead and play that clip you want to hear it yeah fair enough. all right equality does not exist physically which is just you know just a fact that's why we have weight classes. That's why we should have the difference between females and males competing against each other, which is why I, I get, you know, this trans athlete thing fucking blows my mind how many people go along with this. It just blows Although my didn't, mind. Although didn't the ruling just come down on powerlifting, uh, sorry, on weightlifting, um, that, that you, you cannot compete in, um, you like if a male transitions to a female, he can't compete as a female well that if the transition occurred after puberty yes that certainly should be the case 
It certainly should be the case. I think there is some ruling that just came down like that. But swimming, I mean, that Leah Thomas is still the number one swimmer in the world, and it's a biological male. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. It's madness. And not only that, hasn't even gotten penis removed. It has sex with women, apparently. It's just, just the whole thing is so crazy that you can call yourself a woman, and then you're a woman. And, like, this has nothing to do with trans rights. It just has to do with humans. Like, with there's a reason why we make a distinction why men are not allowed to compete in the women's division. But if you could just decide you're a woman and you compete in the women's division and no one's even allowed to regulate, like, what that means, and if you have any any problem with that, you're transphobic. Like, it has nothing to do with transphobia. Yeah. We're talking about fairness in sports. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy that this is still going on and that, you know, here goes a similar ruling in uh, swimming. Also, uh -huh. They vote to restrict transgender women from elite swimming. What is the FINA? FINA is the ruling body of swimming. Mm, okay, so is so they voted just Sunday, but that says no, uh, June nineteenth, twenty twenty-two. Leah Thomas's wiki. But that's the problem is that she's doing it through uh, NC two. Yeah, yeah, it's a different thing. What I, is it? Yeah, NC two A. She wanted to go. Although, to didn't the she graduate? Yeah, she's done with that. So she wanted to go to Olympics. And yeah, this is, gonna... this is basically saying she can't compete Correct. as an old. Yeah. That, well, you know, it's just what they've done to those other girls that are competing against her is just a fucking crime. It's horrible. Imagine if you're a biological woman, you are working your ass off. You are fully dedicated to being the best of the best. You're dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's. You are watching your diet. You're watching your recovery. You are fucking trying. And this person who just decides they're a woman with testosterone flowing through their body for their entire life just dominates you. It's fucking maddening, and it's fucking maddening that we have gotten into this ideological battle, this 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 cultural end-of-the-road ideological battle where we're allowing that and where people will step up and virtue signal and defend this. That it, like, as, as if it has anything to do with being compassionate and considerate and, and trans rights or LBGTQ plus AI, whatever the fuck it is, rights. It's nonsense. It's, we are a, a society that needs a real problem, and we are fixating on these fucking very strange issues and deciding that we're going to correct all the inequities and inequality in the world by allowing these people to express their truth. And you're encouraging mental illness. You're encouraging virtue signaling. You're encouraging mass ideology this uh, ideological capture of a, an entire culture where people know things aren't true. You know it's not right. You know it's not accurate. You know it's not scientifically true. And yet people have to espouse these certain, th certain things. Because if they don't, they'll be labeled transphobic. I mean, it's so fucking wild. And I never thought it was going to happen I, like I this. think the, the worst example is when male prisoners can somehow weasel their way into women's prisons. There's a shit ton of them in California. Yeah, no, that's... California, like, there's more than 40 of them that have made their way into prisons. And there's hundreds of them that are under review right now. It's crazy. Get, get, they go to prison and get women pregnant. So that not only are they saying that they're females, but they don't have to do anything other than say they're females. They don't have to take estrogen. They don't have to get their balls cut off. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to do anything. I'm a female. Oh, well, we don't want to fuck with you. We, we definitely want you to go to the place where you're, you're, you're allowed to live your truth.
Peter, I mean Patricia, get in there. Get in there and start fucking. Crazy, and one of them was a, a guy who is a fucking murderer. You know the thing about um, these uh, these people that identify as females. Like they they did this um, study on inmates that identify as female and want to be moved over to uh, female prisons. There was a large number of them that were sex offenders. Yeah, that's it's insane. wild. So sex offenders, and I mean, how many of them have? fucking fake names how many of them are in prison for fraud how many of them have a fake rolex and meanwhile they're a real woman can't question that <laughs> criminal aliases that's beside gender is everything gender 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 it's just like the fucking trump card of the world is gender it's just like what is happening what is going on it's it's such a weird time yeah no it's uh it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's an interesting time to be raising kids too and yeah. you see what they come home kind of hearing i mean I, I feel pretty fortunate where we are that yeah it's a little different in texas yeah. but not totally different you know uh, my daughter was going to school with this one girl who would get angry if you did not call her they or them and uh she wore makeup and you know she looked like a girl but if you said her it's like you're playing games here like this is a game yeah it's like and even if a person says look i'm gonna do my best to remember this right. if it really makes you feel better but you can't override like your entire lifetime of regular pronouns and remember that you're a they not a she also it's, you're a biological female and you're wearing makeup and a dress so yeah. this is all nonsense yeah, yeah good second So it's just peak madness to uh, allow biological males to participate in sports with women. I mean, it goes kind of against everything that uh, feminists should be about, does it not? No, right? It's, it's, it's everything that the feminist movement, you know, one of the... One of the top priorities when they were fighting for those rights. Now they're just being diminished. But while these radical feminist groups are fighting for the other side of it, it's so weird. So strange. Yeah, and whatever people may think of Joe Rogan, they may not like the way that he speaks, whether he cusses too much or whatever. You have to understand the sway that his platform has with millions of followers. And there's a reason for that. People are drawn to what he says. They feel like it's sort of unfiltered and um, he's allowed to speak about things in ways that other people are censored for. Um, so I, I commend him for, you know, for some of the things that he says. I don't always agree with him. But, um, you know, you so have to kind of have a respect for the sway that he has in sort of shifting the public narrative. See, like, that's the key, Edge, like what you just said there. You know, I don't agree with everything he says. I can appreciate this. I can appreciate that. And that's what I think has been, we've lost as a society. I mean, I'm not a trans activist. I'm also not a Christian. But I'll let you do your thing. That's fine. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's separating those, you know. I, you know, I've, I've 
look at your close friends you know I, i've got close friends there's certain things that you know i don't agree with or that i wouldn't do whatever they're still my friends that's fine and we've lost this in this ideological war where one side is one side and the other side is the other side you can't mingle with this side and you can't get along and that just goes further and further and then you have what we used to have hundreds of years ago you know They used to have religious wars, used to have things like that, but now you're having ideological wars. It's just the same thing, just different package. Yeah, I, I think that when you censor, um, you are going to, and, and like half the country, like what Twitter did with us and thousands or maybe even millions of people um, during the 2020 election cycle, and when even Trump was taken down off of Twitter, when you do that, when you silence a vast you know, group of the public, and they're no longer allowed to speak in the public square. Um, that just draws the lines even further. You don't allow dialogue between uh, people of differing opinions. And that's so necessary, not only in like a functioning um, society, but it's so necessary to stave off radicalization when all that these groups that have become radicalized, when all they hear is just a feedback loop and a bubble of the people who agree with them, then they get this confirmation bias, like mm -hmm. their opinion is superior instead of listening to differing opinions. I think that the censorship has definitely played a role in groups getting more radicalized, does mm -hmm. it not? I mean, we've, we've, seen things like that throughout history like again like to just one example uh the witch trials i mean that's one side with a complete confirmation bias attacking another side and, and we've seen this repeatedly throughout history yeah yeah one last thing i wanted to touch on and that kind of another aspect that we can talk about is the um trans agenda within the u.s military and um, how that weakens us in the eyes of our adversaries as they're absolutely not focusing on that. Um, and one way that this kind of came into, um, became highlighted was this week during a congressional hearing uh, this week with top officials, uh, military officials, uh, Millie being one of them, and also um, Secretary, Secretary of Defense Austin, um, when they were asked about um, Drag Queen Story Hour um, being held in uh, on military bases. So I'll just play this short clip and we can kind of talk about how um, this trans agenda in the military, what kind of implications that has for us, kind of the way the globe, the world looks at us um, uh, from a military perspective.
Mr. Secretary, you told Senator Schmidt yesterday that if the 8,000-plus service members who've been separated from the military due to the vaccine mandate want to reapply, that they're welcome to do so, but that you would do nothing to solicit their reapplication or to incentivize it. Why is that? I think it's incumbent upon the individual to, to make that decision and reapply. The, the mechanisms are there. Yeah, but why don't, I mean, you're overseeing a recruiting nightmare in our military right now. These are 8,000 patriots. And by the way, your department broke the law in administering the vaccine mandate. And that's not me saying so. That's the inspector general for the Department of Defense who wrote in, on June 2nd of 2022, we found a trend of generalized assessments rather than the individualized assessment that is required by federal law. The department did not break the law. Uh, the vaccine so the DOD, so wait, wait, wait. The you mean the IG mandate, is wrong? You think the, the IG is wrong? He says he broke the law. The lives of a number of, uh, of well, it ruined the lives of a number of people too, and it ruined the lives of people who love our country and want to reenlist. Let me ask you this question: If we direct you by force of law to reengage and incentivize the reenlistment of these folks with full back pay and rank, do you have the capability to follow that instruction? You put uh, provisions in the law. Uh, to enable those uh, those people to to uh, those former service members to reapply in accordance with the service man service good uh, well we will do that just like we had to put the repeal of the vax mandate in the law and I get the sense that the only reason you're not reaching out to these folks is pride because otherwise they would be totally able to serve and it seems that your personal pride is getting in the way so going from the deeply serious things that we're not doing re-engaging these 8,000 folks to the deeply unserious things that we are doing. Go ahead and put up the first slide. I, I guess my question is, how much taxpayer money should go to fund drag queen story hours on military bases? You know, drag, drag queen story hours is not something that uh, the department funds. Well, wait a second. Uh, that's actually not what the record seems to suggest. You were going to fund one at Ramstein Air Force Base. That one got canceled, but that's DOD insignia. That's a drag queen story hour for children. Then also at uh, Malstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls, Montana, you had a, a drag queen story hour for kids. At the Joint Base Langley-Eustis, you put on a drag queen story hour on a Saturday for the first ever kid-friendly diversity, equity, inclusion summer festival. And at Nellis Air Force Base, you had the Drag U Nellis on June 17th. Who funded these things, Mr. Secretary? Listen, uh, drag shows and, uh, are not something that the Department of Defense uh, supports or funds. So. But wait, why, why are they happening on military bases? I just, I just showed you the evidence. Why are they happening? I will say again. This is not something that we support or fund. Well, you, so you think hosting a drag queen story hour on a military base isn't supporting the drag queen story hour? I stand by what I just said. But, but you may stand by it, but it's belied by the evidence over and over again. I mean, are, 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 are you aware of the uh, piece? Uh, Biden's military, Air Force Base in Montana, holds drag show, drag queen story hour for kids in the Western Journal. Are you aware of that? Again, I will but, say what I've said yeah, You're saying what you're saying, but I guess it just doesn't comport with the facts. General Milley, this will be my last time to question you. You mentioned two years ago that you wanted to better understand white rage. And so my question is this. Did you read this book? No, not at all. What is, well, it, what, it, it is, uh, What is White Privilege is the book, and it's actually written by a DOD official 
a senior official in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and there are now hundreds of these books in dozens of schools, and I wonder if you guys connect this to your problems with recruiting. I've never read it, never seen it. Um, I, frankly, I don't even think about that stuff. I think about well, put up the next. Put, go ahead and put up the next about slide. The of the force. Go ahead and put up the next slide, please. Okay. Well, in in the next slide, this is a tweet by one of your employees in charge of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and it's it's patently racist. They say that uh, she had to give Karen the business. That she talks about caudacity, presumably of Caucasian people. So I guess terrible. why does the I, I, look at I, well why is that person? Like you're not going to argue for me. That's terrible. It's wrong. She shouldn't be doing that. Period. Should she be fired? I don't. That's a DoD employee, not U.S. military uniform. Do okay. I should they be I would, fired, Secretary Austin? Uh, again, as you heard at your uh, subcommittee here, uh, this this incident was investigated, and uh, and and they're still this, employed. Mr. Chairman, I have a series of unanimous consent requests since my time has expired. But objection. Uh, first is Joint Base Langley Eustace holds drag show at Kid Friendly Festival. And the next is U.S. military defends drag show at largest training center as, quote, essential to morale. And the next is Nellis Air Force Base hosts first ever drag queen show, essential to morale and readiness. That's a Breitbart piece. And... Uh, finally, Ramstein cancels library's drag queen story time for Pride Month following criticism. But objection, so order. Gentleman's time has expired. Can I just, can I get copies of those? Because I'd like to take a look at those myself, actually. Take a look and, and find out what actually is going on there. Because I, that's the first I'm hearing about that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't read those news stories. I don't know what you're talking about. I'd like to take a look at those because I don't agree with those. Well, they're think, now in I think the official record. shouldn't be happening. Period. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that admission. Great. I, I would like to point out, uh, Chairman, that... Uh, our, our students in Dodia schools scored the highest on uh, the eighth graders and fourth graders scored the highest in math and reading in the country. So I want to thank uh, all of the all of our Dodia uh, professionals who made that possible, and I encourage them to keep it up. Well, I hope you're not thanking that one. Yeah, gentlemen, time's expired. This office is useless. It's it, it, it's no joke that. You know, China and Russia and all that are laughing at your military at the moment. They really are. Yeah, I mean, I think that our adversaries are laughing at us as America is becoming weaker and mired in internal conflict. I do think that is by design. Uh, you know, how do you defeat America? And I think that it's impossible without uh, people within our own government and um and powers that be outside of our own government but um all sort of coordinating together to create internal conflict uh to where we're so mired in this that we're distracted from any kind of preparations for conflict that our adversaries are making towards us right which they are which they are yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think that this is a generational battle. Um, I think that, as you've said, um, the pendulum always swings back. Um, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I do see a lot of people speaking out against how 
um, you know, we are, this whole trans agenda has been usurped, how it's being used to indoctrinate, groom, and confuse our kids, and physically maim them uh, permanently. Um, so I think that there are more people standing up. There's uh, definitely a lot of more pushback. But I also think that this is not something that is going to be going away anytime soon, right? Oh, it's it's not going anywhere. You know, it's going to keep ramping up. Yeah. And on the other side, um, it, people uh, who believe in the same uh, values as us, as protecting the kids um, from this kind of indoctrination and grooming and mutilation, um, that is going to also ramp up in actions to protect the kids, more legislation, protests, and parents homeschooling, and a, a very, parents taking over school boards. It's all part of that. Um, and I think that's going to ramp up as well. But um, this is a generational thing. I think that, um, you know, we may actually see how this plays out in the next, not a year or so, but 10 years, you know, um, what kind of effects, long-term effects, all of these gender transitions had, um, what kind of pushback um, th that is happening now leads to in 10 years, do we take down the entire Department of Education? Do, do enough parents pull their kids out of schools and homeschool? Um, there's a lot of things that positive and negative things that can happen, but I definitely think that this is a general generational uh, battle and it begins with us um, and protecting our kids and our communities, right? Nowed it. Yeah, so... Um, I think that about wraps it up on everything that we wanted to talk about today. Any closing thoughts? Oh, I think you noted at the end there, Edge. And um, we're just going to see how, how much this grows and how much it accelerates and the pushback on it in, you know, I, I think we're going to see it quite soon. I think it's going to be going on for a while, but you, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of conflict there. Right. Yes. All right. So stay with us because the battle continues and we will be here with you guys to report on and comment on our thoughts um, as we uh, go through it all together. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Speaker, for helping me out today. I no really worries. appreciate having you here. Love to be back. And I hope all of you out there are doing great and finding the happy. So. All right. Well, please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. No longer on YouTube, so please be sure to subscribe to our other platforms. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.